0: Bulletproof Radio, a state of
1: high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today, we're going to talk about fitness with someone who I would call a fitness titan. In fact, that's what Forbes called her, uh, none other than Kathy Smith. She's been doing this health and wellness thing for almost 40 years of focusing on how does she keep herself amazingly fit and healthy and how does she help people do that? We're talking about, she pioneered her first fitness video in 1981. And if you're like a lot of people listening to the show, you never actually pushed a VCR tape into a VCR thing. And they've had this the little stripes at the bottom because the heads were misaligned and all that stuff I did when I was in high school. Well, yeah, that was the first fitness videos and uh, CDs and DVDs and these just none of that crap. But she's been doing it for so much time, more than 20 million um, of them sold super authentic and someone who's built a life and a lifelong business with connecting mind and body and you're going to find this to be really inspirational. You're going to learn something about how you can actually be incredibly vibrant no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, no matter how long you've been doing something that you love. Uh, This is the second time she's been on the show. I've been on her show and Kathy, it's an honor to have you back on Bulletproof Radio.
2: Oh, it's always so much fun. (laughs) You're my hero in so many ways because I feel this alignment with you. Because you're, I'm turning uh, 69 this year, and when I, when I, but when I was your age and but younger, I mean, I, I, uh, you've heard the story before, but I lost my parents when I was late teens, and that sent me on my journey of fitness, wellness, healing the mind, pulling myself out of a depression. And so, so many of the things that I hear you talk about uh, went through a lot of those stages at different, you know, kind of the same time you are, but maybe a little earlier, including since I was a product of the 70s, you know, all of the mushrooms and the psychedelics and all of that, that was kind of, that was happening at at that point. Not medicinal marijuana, but actually just smoking the marijuana and all that time period of self-discovery, meditation. But most importantly for me, it was, as you mentioned, the fitness. And I started running, you know, just to run away from my pain and my anxiety and my fear and my depression. And I found this little gem of uh, of uh, something called endorphins and everything else that happens when you work out that just helped me out of that period. So really loving the journey.
1: I'm still stuck on the fact you said you were 69. I mean, Kathy, (laughs) no human who sees you would be 69, yeah, right, whatever. Um, I have found that incredible amounts of knowledge happen when I get to interview people who are around 70 and older because, hey, I'm in late 40s. So that means you've got another couple decades of experience that I can draw from, that our listeners can draw from, uh, and you clearly have the brain and the energy to be able to just say, hey, like this is what happened. I've seen this one before. Right, And what I want to know is, given that you have this history vision, which is way more accurate than mine, what has changed in the fitness industry over those four decades when you've really paid attention to it? So walk me through kind of the cycles that you've seen and tell me where we are today.
2: Definitely. So let me wrap my arms around this right now first of all i want to just say one thing as far as technology so you started with the introduction with the the vcrs and the vhs's honestly before that in 1978 was my very first product and that was an exercise album in 1978 was my very first product and that was an exercise album so the way we exercised in 1978 was that you put a, a LP on, you put it on a turntable, there'd be a poster on the wall with pictures of me and you follow along. And from there we did go to the VCRs, the DVDs, the interactives. Now I have apps and we're doing zoom calls and zoom workouts. So technology changed, And I've always been a technology junkie. I've loved it. Uh, and so that was one of the things of how do you deliver information so you have that side of the equation. And then to your kind of what I think you're directing your question to is the fitness side. And we've seen it go through the cardio phase, the big running boom of the 70s, which launched into, uh, you know, the big aerobics craze in the 80s with high impact, you know, headbands, uh, let's get physical you know, you're in the clubs, the clubs became the place, the social, that was the social center. That's where you went to meet people, meet men, meet women, meet girls, meet boys, you know, have fun, get those, uh, get sweaty together. And that then went into, you know, and then at the same time, you have Gold's Gym coming up and you have the, the whole strength training and Arnold and all of that. And I want to backtrack just even before that because a good friend of mine of Jack Lalanne and Jack Lalanne, you know, he was starting in the fifties with his little outfit and telling people about mind, body, and nutrition. Yeah. So I think that strength training became popular, and then you have all of these little. Um, oh you know, different, I'm gonna try offshoots is what I'm trying to think of. You have these offshoots of cardio strength training, mind-body. And when I started and did my first aerobics video or my first video, I you know, I put my hands up like this and I said, think about your fitness. It's cardio, it's strength, and it's stretching mind-body balance, that type of thing. So to have that balance between the three. So those three things, interestingly enough, have not changed that much through the years. What's changed is how we approach that. So strength training can be anything from let's lift heavy weights to let's do TRX to let's do our own body weight to let's do tubing, and that's where the product side, where we we this business, this multi-billion-dollar business, uh, was born because the, all these different products to help you work out at home, at the gym, uh, in any kind of situation. The same thing happened with cardio. So we had everything from boxing to stepping. Step Aerobics, I don't know if you remember that, but that was Jen Miller out of Atlanta. We had Spinning that came with Johnny G out of Los Angeles, and all of these different ways of how do you get that workout, and more importantly, how do you get motivated to do it? So I think the big thing that, and the thing that I talk about when I get up in front of people is, um, and this is this is interesting, because I'd like to hear your feedback on this, but I would get up, when I would start in my talks in the 90s, let's say 1990, I'd get up, I'd go, Back in the 90s, I was saying this already. I'd say, okay, and I'd shout out to the group. If there was 1,000 people, I'd say, okay, so what's your excuse? And I'd say, what's your excuse for not taking better care of yourself? What's your excuse for not exercising? What's your excuse for not eating right? And if you give me an excuse that I've never heard before, I'm going to give you a free book, like in my new book. And so what I would do is I go around to start listening to people's excuses of why was it that we know we're supposed to exercise, you know, you're supposed to do some strength training, you know, everything you preach on your podcast, people know that they're there's a rhythm to your day and circadian cycles and all the stuff that we're learning along the way. So what is holding you back? And that became, Dave, that became my fascination because I love human beings. I love the way to understand how they think. So I'm not just, pre- pre- you know, up here preaching. Okay, I want you to do 20 push-ups, 20 squats, 20 jumping jacks. Uh, it's like, that's that that could be an exercise for the day. But let's say. You don't want to do it because you have incontinence and you have leakage if you do jumping jack let's say that you have a a shoulder issue and you can't do a push-up let's say that you don't like to sweat or let's just say i mean i've heard them all let's say you've gone to the hairdresser or you know you, you blow, blew out your hair that day and you don't want to get it messed up so you start to get into people's minds of okay what's preventing you from taking these steps into this new, this, this, this lifestyle. And then I like solving it. And I really have loved solving along the way. And to your point, directing people to a movement pattern that they will love. You love today. I mean, people go, Oh, I hate to work out. And I say, okay, imagine you're in your second grade class. It's like bell goes off recess. You're running outside of the playground. Are you happy? Are you excited about that? Or do you want to sit in your chair longer? Like you're excited to get outside. What do you want to do when you get out there? And let, let's go back to that playful spirit of what turns you on so much that it's fun to do. And that's what I try, you know, it could be dancing, it could be stepping, spinning, biking, hiking, whatever. I try to help people find that. And that's how the business developed because we had all of these um, you know, niches that people filled.
1: I love it. There's There's something you said for finding something you like. What about time? It it seems like so many people that I talk with, it's like, look, you know, I have a job, I have a commute, I have a family, I'm trying to go to school or learn some more things. I'd like to relax. You know, I just don't have time to do an hour of cardio or something every day. What do you say to that excuse?
2: Mm, It's funny. I used to be more, I used to be a little more, positive when I would give the answer to that excuse because I get it. I mean I I get it. I was in an audience once where a woman said, you know, my mother has Alzheimer's, I have to drive to the uh, to the facility. I have four kids. I have uh, you know, a job, whatever. And you realize that there there isn't a lot of time in the day. But at one point we all have to look at our lives and just see how we're living them. If you honestly don't have enough time to give your, you know, to take care of yourself and put yourself on your to-do list at all. I mean, you have this long to-do list and, you know, if you can't put yourself on the to-do list, then maybe it's time to evaluate the life a little bit. But, you know, that's one way I would answer it. The other way is we have so many shortcuts now. And it's one of the things I know that, um, you know, I wanted to bring up today at one point, but because I know you interviewed Dr. Jim Stray Gunderson on blood flow restriction training. Now I'm involved with Be Strong and I've been using blood flow restriction training for over two years now. And that is a, that is what, and and I knew you would love it because that is, that shortens your time. You got, you can give me 10 minutes, I can give you I can get you into a a state where you're you know you're you're changing your whole body chemistry because it's not just as you know and you talk about it a lot but it's not just about firming up or getting the 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 core a little stronger or the butt a little higher or the arms a little you know, more buffed. It's all the systemic things that happen when you work out on the cellular level. And those are the things that, you know, that you don't want to avoid by saying, I don't have enough time. So you do the, you know, the little hacks that you talk about, but the one of the biggest ones and you're, you've talked about it. I know you've gotten the word out there. It's just going to, it's growing across the country, but Blood flow restriction training is one quick way that you can shorten your time. And then I would say the other is, and I guess I know you've talked about this, so I I don't want to be redundant at all, but, you know, HIIT training, just go hard, go fast, go home, that sort of thing. It's like, don't get into this. You don't need an hour, especially as we age. And this is the one thing I do want to talk about because what's kept me in the game for all these years is that I have known, when do you go hard? And when do you back off and go gentle and do your yoga and your recovery and let your body heal? And what the biggest mistake I do see people, especially the real fit people. I mean, this is if there's, if there's a tip that you can say, like, after two decades, or whatever, an extra two decades, I have, I've known so many, specifically men, that gym, you know, they'd be, pumping that you know chest pressing big weights whatever not listening to their bodies and you know by 45 50 mid 50s it's shoulder replacements it's things like it's things like that they they haven't balanced the idea of you can't put that much stress on your joints forever i mean you can do it for a short time you can have fun with it so it's not saying don't have fun it's like find the balance
1: i really like that perspective uh, I've seen far too many you know, former bodybuilders in their mid fifties in constant pain. Uh, and, and others who are, okay, I'm a, a triathletes or swimmers or you know, big wave surfers and things like that. And they kind of beat themselves up. The recovery isn't a masculine thing to do, right? You know, the the yoga, relax, recover, get a massage sort of thing. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go push. Uh, and eventually it seems like it catches up with you. And that's one of the reasons that I've I started Upgrade Labs. Here's all the recovery tech because recovery takes a long time. Recovery is (laughs) boring. Sorry. Like, oh, could you rest? Like, I didn't want to rest. Like, I want to get more rest in less time because I actually have stuff I like to do. So I'm thinking even that can be hacked. And it's funny, you, Well, you, even
2: that. I, I I have to say, I mentioned this earlier about having a daughter who's an Olympic athlete. and the nike the Nike team uh, with all these medalists, there's twenty of them that came up for altitude training up here in Park City. And the thing that you see is, to your point, so much of their day is on the recovery, the the rebuilding. so much of their day is on the recovery, the the rebuilding. The, oh, the Achilles isn't feeling quite right. Oh, the, uh, the energy level. Oh, the stretching out. Oh, the hamstrings is. And so to, know, to, to be able to bring that down to a period of time where it doesn't take that much time, but you're giving it attention is just vital. Or else again, you just pay the price, at, you know, 50 and beyond.
1: Things that I wish someone had told me when I was younger. You know, I did the six days a week, an hour and a half a day, half, you know, cardio with weights, Uh, on a treadmill and half maxing out all the machines and all. Didn't make me lose any weight, uh, but I probably could have used a little bit more sleep and maybe in every other day routine would have been metabolically healthier for me. Um, And when so we're we're talking about accelerated recovery there. And when it it comes to putting on muscle or just doing that side of things in less time, the blood flow restriction with Be Strong, um, I believe in that so much that Uh, The intermittent hypoxia is an extension of of that sort of thing. And for six years now, that's been a part of what we're doing at Upgrade Labs, whole body intermittent hypoxia via two different mechanisms to upregulate this thing called um, hypoxic inducible factor one, which blood flow restriction does. So everyone who subscribes to my box, I send out a box of curated stuff every quarter, subscribers last quarter actually got the B-strong bands in the box. Can
2: I hold one up? Yeah, yeah, no, but because, because, because you know that I know I knew I knew you did that, so that was exciting. But you know, it's just one of these, uh, it's in, you know, and this goes on my arm, and then you have a little, you have this to pump it up, and that little, and it goes right at the top of your arm here, and then you pump it up, and these barrels fill up, and and it restricts, it uh, modifies and restricts the blood flow slightly. And to your point, which I'll let you continue, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, uh, it impacts the the oxygen.
1: In fact, Jim Straygunderson was on episode seven hundred five on Bulletproof Radio, talking about all the amazing science behind this. And I think this is awesome because you're you've been progressive and always evolving for forty years. And so for you to be able to say, okay, I used to do it this way in the seventies or eighties or nineties, or and oh look. Now we have this thing that lets me restrict the blood flow in my arms and legs, do the exercises that you want to do, but spend less time on it. And you're completely happy to do that instead of falling into that trap where this is how it has to be and it's always going to be this way. And I find so many people over time, they lose the flexibility where they're not willing to reconsider as something that they've already quote, solved even though you're like, wait, it's not working as well as it did. Uh, what allows you to maintain that flexibility or has allowed you to do it for your entire life?
2: Well, you know, I've always had this insatiable curiosity. I love um, I love learning. I love learning. I love trying. That's why everything you do, I'm, you know, right there. It's like I hear it, I see it, I do it, I try it, I see if it works for me. I see what aspect will work for me, I see what I'm doing that's similar to that. But I think it's 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 a Buddhist philosophy of um, always looking at things with young eyes, fresh eyes, like you've never seen it before. And I don't know. I started studying Buddhism again, and um, and actually became went uh, in Hinduism with with uh, Paramahansa Yogananda uh, uh-huh. at Self Realization Fellowship, literally that forty five years ago and that philosophy where you get up and you're very present you're very right now you're very much like teach me something as opposed to oh i know that i see people all the time i'll say something oh i you know i'm going to tell them something about or they ask me a question about like time restricted eating or whatever and literally the words come out of my mouth and it's like um they have the answer and they know why it doesn't work or or whatever it might yeah. be. They've already decided, they've made the decision of, uh, that it's, and I think that this idea of how do you stay open to being coached through the years with tennis, with skiing, whatever, I've had coaches say, you know, you're very coachable because it's like, you know, show me, I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to mimic you whether it's dance or tennis or a movement pattern, it's something I've been good through the years because if I'm boxing, if I'm working with a boxer like Michael Olajide, who fought for the middle heavyweight champion of the world, and I'm working with them, I'm there, I'm here, it's like elbows in, here too, and you're like, you're doing this, and I use the hip, and pretty soon that relates to Tai Chi, which relates to, you know, yoga, which relates to kundalini which relates to pelvic floors and they all when you start to see how everything connects and how all these different disciplines that whatever you're using in that yoga class where some people oh yoga is just for stretching oh my gosh 40 years of yoga yoga is for changing your life and changing the way you think and becoming aware where every single body part i have this technique i use this energization technique where you start with your left foot and and imagine coming up your body, and imagine for on a scale from one to five, this is a one, no tension. This is a five, like oh, like completely an isometric contraction. So now you go up in the morning. I do this where you start with left foot, and you go one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. Right foot, left calf, right calf, left thigh, right thigh, glute, glute, lower ab, duh, uh, arm, neck, neck, uh, okay, all of it. Release it one muscle group at a time. And just, it took me years. Imagine going, release here, release here. I mean, releasing this side, oh, of yeah. this side of your neck. So, anyway, that energization exercise, which is something from a meditation technique that I learned through self realization, because I'm called a Kriya Bond, which is a certain type of yo- uh, yoga. And, um, and that's a technique you learn. Now you take that technique and that's just body awareness. It's learning where your body is anytime in space and time. Where's your body? Like even listeners right now, where's your body right now? Because have you fallen into that old person posture, you know, old which is the aging posture? Uh, or are you doing some, you know, um, you know, posterior activation on your, you know, uh, for your posterior chain activation? Are you doing something that pulls your shoulders back every single morning and at least four times a day? I noticed you just, even the little adjustment, you sat up just a little bit. I better
1: pull my shoulders back.
2: (laughs) It doesn't have to be unnatural, but in general, when people are sitting don't, th- you know, think about sitting on top of your sit bones and that, and that neutral spine and then that that back and, you know, that very natural way that everything, and then including what you talked about on your podcast, you know, recently um, with the whole tantric yoga and that lower pelvic floor and that what, you know, th- what everybody thinks when you work your core, you know, you get in your plank and you're working your core, which is fine, but there's, So much down in the lower part of your and internally with um, your core muscles that when you start to get that in yoga and some of your other disciplines, you bring that back to your strength training. So now you're in a CrossFit class. You're not going down and letting that lower, you know, lower part just, you know, hang out between your anus and your vagina or your, you know, penis or whatever. That's that is like that's the first thing. It's like lift, go So anyway, it's all these things that become, uh, you know, that are interdependent. Did I get off track? Sorry.
1: (laughs) You know, know, I don't think so. You're just incredibly enthusiastically curious. And I think that's what's kept you doing this. Um, as to whether you know why you're that, that curious, that could just be who you are and how you are. Do you, was there something in your childhood or something that made you just more curious than in the average person? Because you've ma- you are more curious, and you've maintained your level of curiosity for longer than most people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I'd say the only thing that comes to mind. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple. Th- a couple things come to mind, but the one I was raised in the military, and uh, my dad was an Air Force pilot, and I bring that up because there are s- been studies, and there's all kinds of talk about people, military kids, either become depressive and alcoholics or you know kind of outgoing and um and curious and successful type of people and the reason being is that every two years you're transferred to another location and you have to if you're going to succeed if you're going to be in you know be able to fit in you have to be able to go up and ask people you know my name's Kathy what's your name and where do you uh you know where do people hang out at the school and You know, what is there to do and you have to keep asking questions? If you are going to when you're in seventh grade, you're the newest kid in that seventh grade class and you have no friend in the world. And then again in ninth grade and then again in 11th grade. But starting from the time you were a baby. And I think I think that you you start to get rewarded for um, asking questions and I think in a way being curious. So that might be a little bit of it. And then the other side, I think there's just a bit of a ADHD type of thing that, uh, you know, it's like I, my, my mind, I think that's why the meditation exercise is so good because I have a million, I have, I mean, a lot of us talk about this and I'm sure other people experience this, but I have lots of thoughts. I get up in the morning and I got four new products I want to create and, or, or not even products, but ideas or people. And that gets my juices flowing. And I free flow. I let things just that's where my energy comes from. I don't <clears throat> I meditate and then I try to I know when I need to calm the mind. But there is just a fun factor for me for just letting it run and finding out what comes up because I, I do make some pretty neat connections during that time period.
1: So it it's just it's built in there. You're always creating. And I find that there's a uh a personality type that's like that. It, it's relatively rare. A lot of entrepreneurs do it and a lot of innovators do it, but they don't become entrepreneurs because they're so innovative that they can't run a business or ask for help or something. And then there's certain states like that that are programmable through yoga, through meditation, through neurofeedback, through electrical stimulation. You, you can turn on creativity and innovation in someone who has forgotten how to do it. Uh, but I, I also would hypothesize that for you because you've done such a good job on maintaining your fitness uh, that your brain's capable of doing that. So you have more knowledge and more wisdom and you have the energy of a young brain in there. It's so like, oh look, I have all this new, this knowledge to play with which makes it easier to innovate because you've seen so much uh, and you, you can take that with whatever's new and say, ah, oh, I've seen it. Now, of all of the fitness trends you've seen over your life, what is the single dumbest one? Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. You change yourselves, and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Of all of the fitness trends you've seen over your life, what is the single dumbest one?
2: Shaker weight. Shaker weight, that was the infomercial, I think. But as far as the, um, and by the way, sometimes gimmicks, only because this is my entrepreneurial side, sometimes a gimmicky thing, if it gets somebody doing anything, like, I'm for it. So if somebody picked up, I don't know, do you, did you have it in Canada? The shaker weight, which oh, is basically...
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm American. I, so, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, as yeah. it was so funny, like, like like you couldn't not look stupid holding oh, this... Oh, I know, like, I know. Um, I
2: know. <laughs> like you thought to yourself, okay. <laughs> and especially to, to tell me where they decided to put it, you're kind of going, okay. But shaker weight was hysterical. I mean, they sold, I mean, pr- part of it because it was such a good, great gag gift. Um, <laughs> You know, I think it's not... I don't want to just any particular um, movement style, but there are certain movement styles. Or there, or what people what happens is people get into a habit of doing the exact same thing, the exact same way. And it, especially when it is like a woman lying on the ground doing leg lifts, lifting your leg up and down 30 times and then leg circles and then circle the other way and it's really it's really small muscles and now I'm not against working stabilizing muscles and obviously it's all important but it but instead of being able to combine that with some functional workout full body it's just like let's just come here and we're just going to circle our we're just going to do this and this and this And over and over, and that's, and they're paying money for that. And I feel, and then they're wondering why they're not getting results. And so it's the idea that any, anything that, that professes to be the only answer, I, even with my own, own stuff, I do not say this is the only way it's, I found this is the best way, the best way for me, I'm trying to find the best way for you, but the only way, and when people really narrow it down to one particular form of exercise and especially, I mean, if it's functional, that's even fine. But even if you do weight training with no cardio or cardio with no stretching at one point, it's like, okay, get a balanced approach to this thing. But I'm trying to think of like really gimmicky. You know, I've, uh, uh, there's just been, I, cause I was on HSN, I was on QVC. I sold a lot of stuff on all of these uh, home shopping networks. And so, it's just mainly the promises. It's sometimes the thing isn't that bad. Like taking, Suzanne Summers had the uh, the little spring thing that was about this big, and you went like this, and you know, you could make your bust bigger, and you put it between your legs, and there was a yeah. range of motion of about, you know, f- three inches. Squeeze, squeeze, but, the, but women loved it, because you got it home, and you put it between your legs, and you squeeze, squeeze, and you went, boop, 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 and it, it, you felt it in your inner thigh. It was a small range of motion, and is it is a gimmick people say is it a gimmick well you know if if it's one of like 40 things you're doing and you're watching tv and you want to throw it between your legs go for it but what happens is people it gets like this is going to be your fitness routine so that's where the gimmick is. the promises are the gimmick a lot mm-hmm. of times just having a small device that might do one thing is fine
1: you know i actually have one of those devices i think it's the <laughs> same one it's like you stick it right between your butt cheeks and squeeze it that's the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, uh, a Chinese uh, a medicine like grandmaster, you know, in his seventies, who you know, on, on, along the lines of Montauk Chia, uh, who was just on the show, was like Dave, you should order one of these gimmicky things. I'm like, are you kidding me? And it's like pink plastic. It smells like a a cheap sex toy. It's like you well, <laughs> have to use it outside.
2: I never- putting it between your butt cheeks though. well you this, have this is one that i don't
1: know it's like curved and it goes like all the way up there and i'm like i right i'm gonna try it like anytime like uh someone who has way more experience than me and has studied something for for decades i am not that arrogant to say that's stupid i can say it looks stupid <laughs> but like okay i'm gonna try it so uh, i did it and you know what you do it for like a week and i'm like i can feel differences in uh I mean, it's not really your pelvic floor it's like your lower ass for lack of a better word but like this is weird, but what it did, and the reason that he thought it would use for me, it actually straightened my whole posture because uh, right. I spent a lot of time at a desk, and I mean, you write books for a living; which is was a part of a very small part of my living, but you know, I spent a lot of time on it. Um, so you, you you tend to just like kind of get focused. So it did really change how I walk. Like my head moved back. Like okay, that's kind of cool. It's a gimmick. I don't think it's my entire fitness routine, and you know, I don't think exactly. most people are looking at the little curve on the inside of my butt. But okay, like <laughs> but, I, but yeah, it worked. <laughs> so.
2: Well, no, that's perfect, and I love to hear that you're working on your posture because that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, that is a big thing that people do not talk enough about and lower back, you know, rhomboids. How do you get up and do that posterior chain activation every single day? Like just, I mean, something as simple as, you know, bringing your your elbows down and, you know, pulling them behind you and just, you know, getting the, the, the neck and the chin up. And I mean, there's much more, much more advanced things and things you can do on the floor, but literally at your desk every day, take that break for that. And, um, you know, to get up and just, I know you know this already, but to get out of that seat and get that nitric oxide also just like moving through your system and do something intense. I mean, I get I have people when I do speaking engagements, just get them up for two minutes and push and really like push. And you the energy and the, to your point, the brain function, the energy in the room, after sitting for 30, 40 minutes, getting up and pushing with a, you know, high knees. You know, in and out, jumping jacks. You know, a couple push-ups. So I'm I'm big in doing that throughout the day. And to your point, we we started this conversation off with is how do you get um, you know, people that don't have the time just break it up. I mean, it, there there is the, the science is over and over is out there, and there's one science um, research paper after another about don't sit all day long, get those hits throughout the day, make them two minutes, make them four minutes get a 10 minute one and anybody can do it then.
1: It's uh, it's so cool. It, it's all very doable if you have the motivation and you have a system to make it a habit. And the habit part I think has been a big part of the excuse uh, for, for me and for a lot of people. And my wife, Lana said, you know, I'm going to, to do this. She read uh, BJ Fogg's uh, book and on habit formation, uh, Tiny Habits and said, all right, I'm gonna try this. And she said every time she's blending, she usually makes like a Bulletproof matcha in the morning. And so every time she's at the blender, she just does squats. So the whole time it's blending, she's doing squats in the kitchen, which I think is hilarious. But that habit over the course of six months, like you could bounce a quarter off, off of her backside. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that before. And it, it's funny, it's not that big of a, of an investment because the time was already spent holding the lid on the blender so there's no tea all over the ceiling. Okay, uh, you know, but the, the difference of applying it because it's a habit seems to overcome some of the excuse side of things as well. Do you make well, habits? you've, heard, you've you... heard
2: of potty squatties, right? Potty uh, squatties, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other one. Just like every time you go to the bathroom, just give yourself, a, you know, 10 air squats and, you know, that adds up in the course of the day also.
1: It, it also discourages you from going to the bathroom so you save time. <laughs> 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 now... You do some other stuff that is really uh, cutting edge in the world of biohacking, uh, which is awesome. You're talking about nasal breathing. I've had uh, the Boteco Clinic guys on. Uh, Patrick McCown has been on on the show, and I sometimes actually tape my mouth shut because what the heck? Why not? Uh, tell me what you do with nasal breathing.
2: Well, I started because I had Patrick on my podcast, and my my daughter turned me on to him, the the athlete, and um. She uh, started doing it um, to increase performance, and so she was telling me about it. I read about it, then I listened to your podcast with Patrick, then I had Patrick on, and and so how am I? I I have a slight, very slight I, I've had through the years, not now, but exercise induced asthma, and it was not medication time or anything like that, but I would notice. That I could there are certain times where, if I would go out for a really hard run and I wouldn't warm up, that I would irritate my lungs. So anyway, I had that going for me. And at the same time, I live at altitude, and I know there's a lot of benefits of living at altitude. and then and then there was just this idea of of when you hear the science behind it that you know we're meant to breathe through our nose. and what happens is that we become mouth breathers and that changes that that as young kids, it changes the way that our face are actually the the makeup and the um, proportions in your face. But literally, you know, it's sleep apnea, it's snoring. And I happen to be dating somebody also who was a big snorer and snoring is, is a big problem for not only the sleeper, but the secondhand snore, which, you know, the person living with the sleeper, is, I mean, that can be a deal breaker almost in a relationship. It's because no sleep and I'm not a happy puppy. So I started uh, playing around with it. And I started with the bolt test, which is, you know, basically, you know, you inhale maybe a four or five count, you exhale, hold it. How many seconds without gasping for air can you hold it? And um, I noticed that, especially at altitude, it wasn't that great. And really, I mean, 20 seconds, a 20 second hold is considered pretty average. You're going to try to get up to like a 40 second hold. And I found I was like the first time was like 13 seconds where I had to breathe. So I started playing around with it and basically playing around means in the morning going through my routine and doing everything and just literally not anything, you know, nothing coming through here. It's all through the nose. Then I started in exercising. I went to my first I, I, I bike, I cycle with a group of cyclists. And I went to my cycling, a cycling group. And I, what I did, this is indoor during the winter. And what I did is I started noticing everybody, even in the warm up, was like this. They're breathing. I don't know if you can tell or not, but they're breathing through their mouth. And, and, and I'm thinking, wow, it's just the warmup right now. So I was breathing through my nose and I noticed there was an uncomfortable feeling because what you're really trying to do is train yourself you know, oxygen hunger as well, you know, as well as carbon dioxide buildup and training yourself to deal with that carbon dioxide load. And when you do, it takes about a month. For me, it took about a month. But when you do with exercise, for instance, you go on your hike or you go whatever, and maybe you pull the pace back just a little bit so that you can stay in nasal breathing for the entire time. Now I can stay in nasal breathing. I just did, um, our chair lift open over at Deer Valley. Um, I'm in the city, so the chair lift open. And so I hiked to the top. And so I started about 7,000, go to 9,000 feet. And I goes. and it's only really at the end that I use mouth breathing, but I try to do the whole thing doing nasal breathing. And what's happened is just this kind of thing you're talking about, about this energy, this invigoration, this idea, the stamina that you don't gas out uh, in your workouts as soon. You've learned to tolerate that carbon dioxide load. And you've learned to use oxygen more efficiently and get more oxygen in your system because it's this correlation between you have to, you know, the carbon dioxide determines also how much oxygen is going to get into the blood cell, into the cells, into the bloodstream and into your cells. So playing around with that balance has just been remarkable. And it really has helped my sleep. It's helped you know, complexion, it's helped energy. It's, and mainly, as I said, when it comes to a cardiovascular or workouts, I'm not fatiguing uh, You know, as quickly. So it's been, it's been really one of these things that I love playing around with. And I recommend it to people. Most people I talk to about it, they don't quite get the concept no. and don't quite understand why it might be useful. Or it sounds like, how could you work out and not breathe through your mouth? And there's it sounds time when impossible. you can't I And mean, if you're sprinting, if you're in your sprint, yeah. you're going to have to use your mouth breathing. But most of us don't have to be doing that. And then all of a sudden, when you no know, start noticing this, you're sitting on a plane. You're sitting um anywhere, and you see people with their mouths open and they're breathing like this. And then you think about the immunity side of this. And, you know, Patrick talked about this on your show, but, you know, nitric oxide. the 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 biggest reservoir in our body is in our nasal in our our nasal cavities. And so, when you breathe through your nose, and you start to release that. That helps. You know, it's it's an immunity booster. It's you know great for heart health. There's a lot of reasons, but especially during when you want to keep your immunity strong. There's so many other filters in your nose that help out that that can help prevent certain things from getting into your system as opposed to just dropping that mouth open and breathing you know mouth being a mouth breather so i'm i'm observant of it now
1: i've made the same shift i I was blown away when i interviewed patrick and then took a while to really build the practice and i'll still catch myself mouth breathing sometimes but even the change in your teeth and if you just get it done at night and what blew me away the most was I'm like look Congestion happens. You know, I get some pretty mean allergies when the pine pollen is so thick up here in British Columbia. It's like a yellow cloud. You can see it from space sometimes. There's so much of it. And during that time, breathing your nose doesn't always work. And he says, just do it anyway. And magically, your body doesn't want you to die. So your sign passages will open up. I'm like, really? Well, it turns out it does work. You just have to be uncomfortable for a little while and then it happens. Uh, I also find it's tough if I'm like right now. I'm talking a lot, and when you talk a lot, it's hard to close your mouth. Okay, I'm going to say the rest of the things that I was going to say. So, if you spend all day on Zoom, and you spend all day talking, which for me, eight hours of talking in a day is pretty normal. I'll do a couple episodes, and someone interviews me, and then I have team meetings, and blah blah blah, blah. and that doesn't can it doesn't help with so with that. Do you find the same thing when you speak? That oh, you exactly. still
2: exactly. Okay. That's why you have to you know find time for it at other time to- at other times during the day. And you're right. During the sleep, you start with I know you, I bought the tape. You buy a little tape, and uh, but it's not scary. It's tape that you will it will fall off if you are need to really pull your lips apart. But it's the idea that you start to you start to settle into this really um, really also peaceful state. So you know there's there's a there's a technique, and I know you know the breath of fire technique, but you that breath of fire where it's a you know, explosive inhaling, exhaling through the nose, like before. Um, you know, when I want to relax, and it's just like, and then after about a minute to to um, you know, seventy five seconds of that, you know, you just lie back, and then you just you don't even feel like you need to take a breath for a while because now you have this oxygen, you're just full of this oxygen. And now you just sit there and you go into this very peaceful, calming state. So Mm -hmm. the breath, I mean, breath is, I mean, if there's anything, if there's any big takeaway from, like, if you wanted to say, what would you sum up everything about pro-aging and and everything we've talked about? It's like learning how to, learning how about your breath, because your breath, you know, controls your emotions. It controls your health it controls uh, so much of like how much you're how well you're going to sleep and if you can start to see that your breath can make you and if you're feeling like if I'm feeling off one day I get up it's like things are off what could have been what did I eat the night so I go through a checklist what did I eat what did I drink what did I do how much have I been training cuz some of my stuff will be oh overtraining cuz if I and I we haven't mentioned much of this uh, But I think it's worth noting that as you get older, um, you know that exercise causes inflammation. So you want to do all the things to minimize that. And the one thing is, but if you're an exercise junkie and, you know, you love the feeling, you love the high. So you want to do one mountain peak and then another mountain peak and then Mm. a bike ride. Then you wake up the fourth day and you feel like the truck hits you, or whatever, or you just feel not even like the truck hits you, you just feel what for me, what it feels like is just. And this is funny, I want it's like I want to bite somebody's head off, <laughs> you know. It's like I feel there's kind of an anger there, yeah. It's you like, get cranky, you get cranky. It's like, and I'm going, damn, why am I so cranky? <laughs> I'm like scaring myself right now. That's when I know, and that's what you look, it's like, okay, now I need to go into that breath. I need to look at adrenals. I need to look at, you know, liver. I need to like just settle back a little bit. I need to do something that's going to help restore. And if I do that, then I don't get sick and I don't break down. But if I don't listen to it, that's when, you know, I get hit. And I I haven't done this in many, many, many years, but I would get, I would get hit with such bad lung stuff and whatever, like 20 years ago, because I would just push.
1: Uh, Learning how to to self-modulate is important. I'm thinking about your comment on breath work. The number of incredibly, uh, many standards deviation, more energetic people than average um, as they age, who talk about breathing on here, it's, it's amazing. So you just talked about it, John Gray talks about it, Montauk Chia talks about it, Barry Morgalon talks about it. Uh, Stan Groff, who invented holotropic breathing, and I interviewed him when he was in his 80s. Uh, same thing, breathing. And it even showed up statistically enough across all the interviews on Bulletproof Radio that when I wrote Game Changers, where I analyzed what people said made the biggest difference for them, it statistically popped up as something meaningful. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, look, I'm you know 30 years old and I think I breathe pretty well, thank you very much. Look, people who are two or two and a half or three times as old as you have figured this out over the course of their life. And certainly I know that breathing has been really transformational for me. Uh, You just heard it here from Kathy Smith. And if you just look for those threads, you'll realize, look, you should probably probably figure this out and get on top of it because it's not that hard. And you change a habit. So when you go to sleep, you sleep with your mouth closed. Or when you're breathing, when you exercise, you breathe with your mouth closed. Really, what's it going to do? To make it really easy for you, you'll have better teeth. There, now you have an excuse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Well, also, you'll handle... you, You know what? This is the other thing. You'll handle stress and you'll handle if you're running companies if you're wanting to be the totally successful breathing that 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 is the biggest thing that I've noticed you have to practice it when you're not in stressful situations because then it becomes second nature and all of a sudden you're in there having a baby I when I was having well you know my two babies the, the doctor would come in. And, what are you doing exactly? And it's different than Lama's breathing. It's different. It's, a you know, when you get into breath, it helps you handle pain. When I was uh, in a shootout in L.A., I, somebody, I was in my Range Rover and somebody dropped outside the car. C- cops were chasing him. He drops behind my car with an, uh, a semi-automatic gun and they're shooting. Wow. Uh, on both sides of the range rover and some bullets are going through but i'm with my assistant and we're in the range rover and we're like head on the console and um my assistant said what should we do i said breathe and you know it's just like and then and then it's just like because it keeps you very present because what are you going to do in this situation you're in a really bad situation it happens in business you know, something's going on. Now, if I go, oh, my God, oh my, you know, you go to that place and it's like, start yelling at people or whatever. If you go into, I, I, you know, how are we going to solve this? I used to, you know, when I was doing all my video productions and the, the video productions are expensive. Like when I started, they're quarter of a million dollars for each production. So, I mean, I have $10 million in, in video productions and you're on these shoots and they're long days and you're there sometimes till you know, seven in the morning and it's still two in the morning. Cause it's not done until you get it. It's not like, Oh, we're going to go home now. It's like, we got it. We got to get this done. And so what happens is that something goes wrong and everybody's going, you did it. You did it. Who, did it? who did it? And then, and I remember the director saying, um, I don't care who did it, just get it fixed. You know, that sort <laughs> right. of thing. And that's, that's what the breathing does. It's like, let's not go into like, how did this happen? How did it go wrong? What's like, how do we fix this right now? And the more present, and I do something uh, on my speeches. Now you probably heard this one, but this is really powerful for me. I do. It's called B.L.T. Breathing Listening Technique. And um, so, I'll be in the audience, and I'll. I mean, I'll be on stage, and I'll have the audience. I'll just say, you know, t- so let's take a breath in for a count of six: one, two, three, four, and exhale. Now, this time, when you take the inhale, inhale up, listen for a sound and name that sound in your mind. And exhale. We're gonna do it one more time. Inhale. Find a different sound. And exhale. And I lied, I'm gonna do it one more time. This time on the top of your inhale, hold your breath and see if you can hear your heartbeat. and exhale. So what I do is I do that with the group and I do it like four or five times like that. And I just show them how in the in a matter of 30 seconds to a minute, you pull yourself out of the past. Now you're not thinking about the future. You're here and now. And when you're here and now, and we're just like exchanging energy like we are now, this is where the power comes from. And this is where that mindset, just every single moment of your day of getting here and now and here and now and here and now. And that's where I just it just brings joy in my life because i it just is just there's no worrying about what didn't happen or, oh, my God, whoops, what's going to happen? You know, it's like right here. And that's where I mean, I could almost go into an emotional state with that because that's where I'm really connected with Dave or the audience or whatever, not, not wandering anywhere, any which way. And I just find that when I do that, I get a lot more done in the day and I have a lot more time for myself.
1: Wow. That's amazing. The power of breathing. We have time for maybe one more question for you. And I'm pretty sure that breathing is going to be one of the answers here. But (laughs) if someone, if someone came to you tomorrow and said, look, Kathy, I want your top three fitness recommendations. You got 40 years of training people. You've created all sorts of cool stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You only get to recommend three things for someone to do. What would you recommend?
2: Um, I I say it. Consistency is the key to all of this. So f- just every single day of your life, your body is meant to move. Find ways to to that you enjoy doing that. And Get get sensual with it. I think people forget about the playful side. Like, you know, like you know, like, you know, just I mean it can be I I get up in the morning and I'll, you know, the morning and I'll start going and like I'm gonna put my and you know, you're there, it's 30 seconds, your your tea's going. You walk over, I put my music on, I do one like turn, maybe you know, like you were saying about your wife, I squat done. Three minutes but it woke my body up. Do I call it exercise? No, I don't call it exercise, but I do call that it's that synovial fluid. I mean, remember, we have these bodies with all this lubrication and stuff, and especially as you age, you got to wake those guys up. I mean, you know, you're seeing the top of me, same thing, you know, get those hips moving Don't forget to, you know, um, okay, that was one. Consistency, do something every single day. I mean, I would say, you know, strength training i mean i you know i i i'm just directing this to women but obviously it's men also strong women stay young that's just Mm -hmm. my mantra strong women stay young without muscle and remember muscle is everywhere in your body so it's your pelvic floor it's your you know you know the vaginal wall it's all up and down it's you know it's not it's the face i mean people go like like how do i you know if you don't do things that even create you know the collagen and if you're not doing things that create muscle in your body things, the skin starts hanging. Plus, no more adventures in life. No more adventures in life because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't walk the Camino that I did this year. I went to Burning Man this year and I know, uh, and it was a fun, my only, my first time. And um, those adventures are, I can have those adventures because I know my body will tolerate whatever. You know, if you're not strong, then all of a sudden, by the time you're 45, it's like I go on with these, you know, I was rowing with a girlfriend of mine, 45 years old. We were in Portugal. She's we have to take our two two man kayaks, but they were heavy. She's got her side. She goes to pull it up. She goes, Kathy, there must be something wrong. You know, I can't lift the side. I go, OK, you take my side. I got on her side, I lift it up. She couldn't lift the other side because at the age of 45, this is not an old, your muscle mass starts decreasing, decreasing at the, you know, after the age of 30. And so if you're not doing things to maintain it, you will not have a lifestyle. So that was strong women stay young or, you know, strong people stay young. And then, um, I don't know, uh, is that enough or do you need another that one? That was three,
1: right? <laughs> you yeah, had Move every day, consistency and strength training. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, yeah, consistency sort of move every day. But, you know, oh, okay. I, I think it's strength training. I mean, you know, oh, no, that sounds too. I mean, I, you know, it's, um, you're wanting fitness. Because this thing about staying young, it's like, you know, st- stay, cu- keep trying new things. So stay curious. I oh, think there you go. Stay, stay, keep trying new fitness things because there are so many fun things. I mean, we mentioned blood flow restriction training, we mentioned be strong, but there are, Just if you've never been on a BOSU ball, if you've never used a TRX, if you've never used try all these things with each one. And if you if you have if you want to spend your money like on something, depending where whatever income level you are, keep increasing your at home little tchotchkes that we talked about. Because you don't want to have to go to a gym all the time, you because like COVID might happen, or it's raining outside, or you don't feel like it. And besides, you want to be able to do things throughout the day. I also want people to know that even if you're living in an apartment in, uh, you know, a city, I mean, I've i I have written blogs about how do you build your fitness like corner with twenty five dollars, you know, or twenty five thousand or two hundred and fifty thousand. So yeah. I mean, there's there's something for everyone out there.
1: Well, well, Kathy, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I prefer doing it in person in Salt Lake uh, like we normally do. But until all this virus stuff gets handled, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a remote interview like this one. So thank you for continuing to do your work. I'm still just having a hard time believing that you're 69. I think you're probably 49 and you just changed the birth certificate so you could claim this. But uh, keep (laughs) doing whatever you're doing. Um, Your energy levels are amazing. You look amazing and i always learn stuff when i talk with you thank you
2: thank you dave thank you thank you thank you my hero
1: your website kathysmith.com you're super well known people won't have a hard time finding you at all and thanks for taking an hour of your time to share your knowledge with a whole lot of people
2: i appreciate and i appreciate you thank you everybody thank you dave